Hello friends, the time is 10.35 on Thursday, February the 1st, 2024. The time, the minutes are ticking away on de- transfer deadline day, which means, friends, we bring you another of our biannual, the first of this year, Kings of Anglia late night slash after dark podcasts. And if you're not watching this, friends, if you are just listening on audio, I can confirm Stuart Watson is topless. Alex Jones is not wearing any trousers. I'm drunk. I've done dry January. So I've had 10 pints today to see if the liver's still working. And Rossi, just high on life and is also undressing, actually. <laughs> Boys, I like these shows. Um, it's been a long, long old day. Interesting day. Stewie, I'm going to start with you. You've been hard at it today. Just taking your glasses off there. You're in your lounge, I think. We're in slightly different locations given the time. Um, how's things, mate? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm pleased that we're not frantically trying to beat the 11 p.m. Mm. deadlines. It was kind of nice to know that it was uh, it was all wrapped up sort of mid- middle of the evening. But uh, it's been been an exciting day nonetheless. Do I sense that you're, you're talking in hushed tones there, Stu, to try not to wake the house? Yeah, I think we all are, aren't we? We've probably got got people tucked up in bed in our respective households, aren't we? Don't you worry about it. I'm downstairs in the in the main office, um, and my wife is upstairs asleep. And I have strict instructions not to rouse the hound, who is also with her, because um, if he starts kicking off, everyone will be awake. So I shall try not to do that. In terms of deadlines, Stu, um, obviously the transfer deadline is is yet to actually close. Our first print deadline, friends, was seven p.m. Our second print deadline, friends, was 10 p.m., both before the deadline. So we're very pleased indeed that things have happened in the timely manner they did. AJ, whereabouts are you? How are you? You're in a different location as well? Yep, down in my room. No sleeping family, so I can scream and shout about anything that I want at all. Um, But my family are upstairs watching. I think The Apprentice, you're fired at the moment. So we need something to to fill the kind of Thursday 9 o'clock slots now that traitors has gone they've decided this is the best way um so i'll have some catching up to do because you can't watch the apprentice on deadline day um but yeah so it's a different location this is where i do the boot room videos from i come down there because i can't be bothered to go upstairs and set up like i do for the podcast so back down yeah back down in the bunker for this one hoping that the internet works but also means i can have sky news on in the background to watch everything be very yellow for the next few Hours. Yeah, well, I was hoping we'd have someone monitoring live events, AJ. So if you can just keep an eye on the old sky ticker and bring us any big breaking news that we can have live on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rossi, you've just finished an hour plus of live broadcasting to the globe across multiple platforms, KOA Fan Social. How was that? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm sure people get sick of me by now. I'm, I'm I do everything, but um, but nah, that was that. Uh, it was nice to react to some breaking news. The klaxon was brought out. So um, but yeah, that was enjoyable as always. Excellent. Well, of course, we we did have some some big news happening on on transfer deadline day, which is great. We got so used to things not happening at all at Ipswich Town on deadline day. Big things literally happened uh, at around seven fifteen. I think it was announced, wasn't it? Kiefer Moore obviously signing for Town. The striker is in the building. He's a big old boy, serious pedigree as well. But before we get to that, we're a podcast friends for the people, and what the people want, the people get. And the people have been telling me today. No, no, Ross, keep your top on. What the people have been telling me today, Ross, is related to you. They want me to do one thing, Ross. And that, my friend, 
is a, a transfer target, which actually early this morning turned out wasn't going to be coming to town. A little young German striker who uh, who moved between clubs in Germany. And uh, the people were sad that he isn't arriving at town because Googling. they wanted to hear you uh, pronounce his name, as did I, which I'm now going to ask you to do. So this is the guy's name. There it is. Oh, I was hoping so, you were going to say it. I was hoping you were going to say it, it. Of course I'm not going to say it, friend. <laughs> you just then just copy it. So give it your best oh, shot, Ross. This is Jesus. what the people want. Jessic is Jessic, yeah? Jessic? Yep, correct. That's his first name. That mm-hmm. is the easy part. Now this is interesting. <laughs> there's a G where G doesn't need to be. And there's a cam at the end there. Yeah, so how so do you say the, the that last in G bit? bit? <clears throat> Jessic... Ninkam, Ninkam, Ninkampoop, Ninkampoop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this poor boy did not sign for Ipswich today. Uh, yeah, my shame. words. It's Jessic and Gancam, Rossi. It's fun to say, actually, in Gancam. It's a nice thing to say in the mouth. I'll say Camcam Camcam twice, though. That's the problem every time I say it. Just remind me, Rossi, as well, who was the striker who signed on Monday from Wimbledon? Wow. Wow. I think I've cracked this, boys. I cracked it, but yeah. I may have now. I may butcher it now, but let's do it. No pressure. But Ali Al Hamid. Oh my god. <laughs> Ali Al. I can't. What's his name again? <laughs> Stay ready. Ali Al Hamadi. Okay, Ali Al Hamadi. Yes. It's because the pressure. It was the pressure. I, I had the three boys looking at me in my eyes, and you guys listening from wherever you're listening to. I had the pressure, but Ali Al Hamid. I can't. <laughs> We've, we've got on, another on. one that we could do, which Stu pointed out. Key for more. Key for more. Key for yeah, more. I know we could do that Done. one. The um, Turkish striker who was involved in the kind of the dominoes. Um, so this was what was it? He had to move to Bournemouth to allow um, Key for more to move from Bournemouth to town. Can you pronounce it? Um, I, this would be a little bit tricky. I might hold up my phone so you can give it a go. Uh, what's his name? I, I sort of know. I can quickly search it. What's his face? I've got it up um, on the screen. He's showing it, it, showing it on the screen. I'll oh, show me. Sorry, I was. Um... Oh god, <laughs> I could say his last name really bad here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Enos Funel. Enos Funel. No. <laughs> the fact you went uh, with Enos that was a little bit concerning there, Ross. Oh yeah. That yeah. means you have to say it though, AJ, just to just to dot the eyes and clarify. Enos Unal. Ooh, oh, not even close. I wasn't even close. <laughs> and just before we move on to Big Keith Rossi, who's the winger they signed from uh, from Brighton at the start of the month? I can say Jeremy Somiento. Yes. You've totally that. Job done. Anyway. Jezza. Lovely. Right then. Silly business out of the way. On to the serious business of signings, friends. Big Keith for more. We lost Big Fred. He's gone on loan. But we've got Big Keith. Big Keith for more is in the door, Stewie. Tell us all about it. Big Keith makes me mm-hmm. think of the office eating a big scotch yeah. egg, taking <laughs> a big bite out of that. Um, yeah, we had to wait. I think we we're all getting a little bit, a little bit nervy and twitchy mm-hmm. as as uh, we move towards transfer deadline day, and the proven, experienced replacement for George Hurst wasn't through the door. We was, we got a tingle, we got a bit of excitement from Ali Al Hamadi. Um, looking at his highlights, but he was stepping up from League Two. Is stepping up from League Two might be a bit of a project. Um, would Ipswich get someone to to properly lead the line and fill George Hurst's boots? Well, 
I think we said at the very start of this transfer window that looking at the, the dearth of options, number nine options out there, and looking at the difficulty of the market, Kiefer Moore is probably the best they could have got in this window. Uh, it remains to be seen how he fits in to Ipswich stylistically. I don't think he ticks every single box going, but um, they've done very, very well to get him because there was lots of championship interest. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a player who's scored championship goals, who's a, who's an international, who's played at a European Championships, at a World Cup. Mm. Um, got got reasonable amount of game time in the Premier League last season. So, um I think Ipswich fans can be can be very pleased with how this window has finished and and the whole the window as a whole. Yeah, can you tell us anything about the uh, the obviously he's on loan to the rest of the season, but there's there's been various reports out there Stu, about how much of uh, his wages town are going to pick up and how much that might be. Um, I've seen seventy five percent, I think, of his wages suggestion that he's on forty grand a week at Bournemouth. So you're looking at thirty grand potentially a week there. It's it's a whichever way you cut it, it's going to be a significant investment, isn't it, for, a, as you say, a guy with pedigree? I don't know the specific figures in answer to that question and always feels <clears throat> a little bit dirty kind of uh, re- referring to people's wages, when, especially when we don't know it for, for certain. But in answer to what you've just said, yes, it will, it's going to be a significant deal um, mm. for Ipswich to have got themselves at the front of the queue here for a player that, that lots of clubs were after. Bournemouth um, didn't have to do this deal. I think they were quite happy to sort of keep him around as a, as a bit of backup. In the end, they got Ennis Unal, as you just mentioned. I like the fact that when we get to these transfer deadline days, these players that we'd never heard of 24 hours ago for a lot of people suddenly become absolutely central to our lives. Yeah. Everyone's Has the Turkish striker signed for Bournemouth yet? And um, have Blackburn landed their American? Apparently it's off and he's in the middle of the Atlantic, flying over the Atlantic. No, no one had ever heard of, what's his name again? Magu- uh, Duncan Maguire. Sounds a very Maguire. Scottish name. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it's significant what Ipswich have done financially. To, to We said from, from day one that it was going to be a serious financial package to, mm. to be able to get Kiefer Moore. The standard Premier League wage now is probably in that sort of ballpark that you, you mentioned. So if Ipswich are reportedly picking up 75% of that, that's um, it's a decent chunk of money and will make him, I would imagine, quite comfortably top earner. Yeah. Just um, just had some breaking news, actually, boys. It is transfer deadline day. A friend has just... Uh, I think just, I know what this just messaged be. Me. Um, Nick has just messaged me. The end of the day, he says, 10.30. Yeah. Aaron Drynan is Sweet on the move, friends. Well. A Drizzy, Leighton Orient to Swindon. Surely the biggest deal of the day. What a bargain you've got there, Swindon. Um, I'm going to come back to you in a minute, AJ, because you've done a big profile on Kiefer Moore, so you can talk a lot about his background. But Rossi, I want to talk to you because obviously Kiefer Moore is, is formerly of this parish. He, he's he been here before um, and he was pretty underwhelming, let's be honest, when he was here. Um, he, what does he cost? Like 10 grand, wasn't it? Um, and Mick McCarthy kind of almost used him as an example of the fact he didn't have any money to spend. Um, so, first of all, your memories of, of Kiefer the first time, and what was, what was the kind of fan reaction that you, you had on, on the fan social? Broadly speaking, it's been very, very positive. And when you look at what he's done since he's been at town, you can see why. Yeah, I like this signing. And uh, I never thought I'd ever say that um, from <laughs> Kiefer Moore back in 2017, because uh, I'm probably, I'm sure he'll admit, 
you know, his previous spell, 11 so appearances, and he didn't look good. Um, sadly, you know, it, it was such a random sign at the time. He was signing from Torquay United. I think he had a, it was at Forest Green. I think he was on loan mm. at Torquay. And it was just such a random sign. Obviously, you know, we were a championship team, you know, struggling at the time, obviously, under Mick. Um, but it was, and some of the games I remember watching, I was like, he's basically won a competition. I just felt like he's won a competition. Um, I wouldn't say I could do any better because, um, you know, he's, he's an athlete. He is six foot five, but he just he just didn't look good. Um, obviously, he's gone on to have an unbelievable career. So fair play to allow for him to sort of move on, drop down to League One, scored goals. He's played at World Cups now. He's scored in World Cups. He's scored in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, a lot of fan reaction. I think they're just happy about it because he's experienced. Um, he's a striker. <laughs> Obviously, I know we brought in um, Ali Alhamadi. Yeah, job done. Happy days. But um, but now it's it's a what a it's gone full circle. Really, there's a lot of players like that who just you thought would never 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 come back. They'll never come back. And he's come back now, and he's basically a lot of town fans going, "Oh my god, we've got Kiefer Moore." So um, now nah, I'm excited about this one. This time next year, Drizzy returning in the Premier League. No. Stewie's not loving that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be a story, wouldn't it? We only said this morning, yeah. weren't we, Stewie, when we did the, the preview, who would have ever thought that we'd be talking excitedly on transfer deadline day about whether or not Ipswich Town could sign Kiefer Moore as the striker to potentially lead them into the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, Andy Warren coined the phrase denaissance, didn't he, with yeah. Denassian's various comebacks along the way. We'll have to think of something similar for Kiefer Moore because... Um, Underwhelming is certainly the word. Uh, I had to look back on what Mick McCarthy said when when he left Ipswich. Um, obviously, he had those eleven substitute appearances. Then he got loaned out to Rotherham, a league lower, scored quite a few goals for them. I think there were several League One clubs chasing him, and then Ipswich cashed in, made a tidy old profit on him in the in the space of twelve months. Signed for ten grand, sold for seven seven hundred and fifty to Barnsley, and Mick McCarthy. I think when that was going through, said, um, let's be honest, it wasn't like he was particularly well-liked or loved here. <laughs> and and uh, I remember a game at Portman Road where there was sarcastic cheers when he won a header. Um, and that was probably reflective of the mood, the apathetic mood around the club at that time. That was the, that was the He signed actually just before the, the Lincoln, infamous Lincoln FA Cup game didn't quite mm-hmm. register in time. Um, which meant Leon Best played in that game up front, um, and uh, yeah, just didn't didn't really get much of a chance off the bench. I think those eleven substitute appearances totaled less than 150 minutes on the field. He had people like McGoldrick, Sears. I think Varney had left by that point. He was a bit of a Varney replacement, Pittman, I think. But um, yeah, it was a period where things weren't going very well. They won one nil at Villa, didn't they, with the Emir Hughes goal? They beat Newcastle on on Easter Monday, but Kiefer didn't feature in either of those games. Um, so yeah, the thought that however many years on, he's the man coming back on his on his white charger to kind of spearhead a promotion push to the Premier League um, is quite something. The number one target, and now it's your time to shine, AJ. You've um, you've done one of your trademark profiles mm-hmm. on Big Keith, which is dropping at 6am tomorrow morning. You like to get really beneath the story, into the story, around the story, learn as much as you can about the player. And and Keith Moore is a guy, I always like players who haven't always been football players, have had to really graft and have had like proper, proper jobs, 
nine to fives and had it, haven't had it handed to them on a plate. They've really had to work for everything. And Kiefer Moore fits very much into that category, doesn't he? Do you want to tell us a little bit about his background and what you, what you found out about him? Yeah, I was a bit worried going into writing this because I looked at the two that I'd done before. I won't include Lewis Travis in this one, sorry. But um, <clears throat> Jeremy Sarmiento, fascinating background. Ali Alhamadi, wow, his story is unbelievable. Yeah. And I came into this one thinking, it's just going to be a bit, I don't know, maybe the bit, the big interesting thing that came from it, I was thinking was going to be, oh, he's had a, a non-league Premier League story. But when you dig beneath the surface, yeah, absolutely, there's a lot of fascinating bits. The two that stood out to me, this is a man who almost ended up representing China at international level. Went to meet the uh, Chinese FA in Beijing. It was his great grandfather who moved from China to Liverpool. What? Um, <laughs> ultimately, great grandparents don't really have that much of a sway in international football in terms of eligibility, so it didn't pan out. And then the other bit, yeah, as you said, was his rise and, and how he was training and working at the start of his career. Because I think, especially when you're covering a championship club, you don't always think about the fact that players, when they start off their careers at non-league clubs, they have to balance what they're doing with other jobs. We saw that with Maidstone, didn't we? But Kiefer Moore started even further down the pyramid. He was working as a lifeguard originally, nice. um, had other jobs. What was he? he was uh, working in a sweet shop was one, working in a restaurant. Just the most... It's, yeah, Would you associate that with a, a footballer, a footballer who's owning huge money now in the Premier League? Absolutely not. Yeah. He was travelling two hours each way to go and train originally. Um so just to see him rise through the ranks, he ended up playing for Yeovil in the championship, had a spell abroad, dropped kind of back down again. It's, it's not even like a linear move. That was the thing. It's not like he started off at the bottom and went up. He started off at the bottom, came up, went back down, came back up again. Mm. It's a really fascinating story. And I think that this is such a nice narrative to it. The fact he's coming back to one of the clubs where really he probably looked back on it in his career and look at that spell potentially as the worst of the lot and the fact that he's coming back as someone who's played at a world cup played at the euros played in the premier league he scored a brace against tottenham in the premier league fairly recently i think within the last couple of years um and he's now coming back to the club where he'll probably look at back on it as one of his worst spells knowing that he can have such a big impact in the biggest period in the club's recent history it's such it's set up so nicely. It's just a fantastic narrative. And hopefully I think that will kind of help the fans to connect with him a little bit as well, especially those who might remember him from the days where he wasn't too good. I, I really hope that will play a part. Mm. I watched an interview with him today actually that I think Bournemouth did before he went away to the World Cup with Wales and he was sort of reflecting on his journey, which has included stops at Truro City in Cornwall and Viking over in Norway, as, as you mentioned, Alex. And a couple of things sort of pricked my ears up where he says, I'm someone who believes in destiny. And um, you wonder whether that sort of played its part in him thinking, maybe it's just meant to be that I go back to Ipswich Town and kind of right some wrongs there. And, you know, he said one of his main motivators in life has always been sort of proving people wrong. You've talked about him sort of, the ebb and flow of his career and having to really sort of graft to, to keep sort of climbing back up. People have always, you know, he'd make one step and people say, well, he's done well to get there, but you won't be a Premier League player and you won't be an international player. And and he's kind of always used that as, as a bit of fuel. So I think Ipswich are getting themselves a, a really hungry player here that's got a proper bit of fire in the belly. 
You've got the European Championships coming up this summer. He's someone that I think is, is going to be desperate to impress leading up to those. Um, yeah, McKenna's four cornerstones, a young, hungry, athletic, technical. Okay, at 31, he might not tick the young box, but um, certainly hungry. Um, athletic, physical, yes. Uh, remains to be seen how mobile he is. I think he's probably improved on that front. I don't think he's any slouch, but you know, he might not be, be George Hurst levels of mobility but you know I think he brings some athletic qualities and some much needed physicality and technical good feat for a big man cliche <laughs> in, insert that there I think he's someone who can who can make it stick and, and play those little layoff passes and bring the chaplains and broadheads into play so yeah excited to see see how this pans out yeah 31 not young Stu I think I'd kill a man to be 31 again in football um, terms. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, let's let's talk about them. Stuart's touched on it there. The first thing you look at, Kiefer Moore, the guy's a unit. Six yeah. foot five, carved out of stone. Looks looks seriously well put together. Where do you think? I mean, clearly he's gonna be you'd imagine the starting striker filling the George Hurst role. Um, but we've said that he doesn't maybe bring everything that, that Hurst does. So what do you think he's gonna bring? To the team, and, and where do you think he he, he maybe is not quite the same player as Hurst? Yeah, I think that Ipswich are going to have to adapt a lot of what they're doing. Mm. Well, maybe not a lot, but they are going to have to change the way that they play because you can't ask him to do the things that George Hurst does. In the same way that when George Hurst returns, you're not going to ask him to do the things that Kiefer Moore does. He's not a big unit, George Hurst. And what you're going to have with Kiefer Moore is someone who's going to make it absolute hell for defenders. He's going to be big, he's going to be physical, he's going to be aggressive. And yeah, maybe he does lack a little bit of that kind of agility, I think is the best way to describe it. But, I mean, when I was doing the research on some of the things he was saying, it was kind of a sense of him saying, well, when people look at my size and how I'm built, they totally underestimate how good I am with the ball at my feet mm. in terms of my movement, in terms of the runs I make. Um it's not going to be like George Hurst, but I think that there are still going to be elements that he can do quite well with that. Um, it's not going to be a system where he slots in magically immediately, I don't think. I think that people are going to have to get used to him, but it helps also that he's played pretty much every single town player going, at least about six there overall. Uh, he was in his town TV interview listed every single one he's played with, and there's a lot over the years that he's played with. Um, that would be a big part. And... I think as well, potentially, it could help someone like Ali Al-Hamadi. So with him, there were always those concerns about leading the line. He, does he have the George Hurst kind of characteristics about him? Not at all with Ali Al-Hamadi. He's not someone who kind of has that same um, ability to hold up the ball. What he's done a lot is playing off the left, mm. um, being brought into play quite a lot. Obviously, we'll get on to Al-Hamadi, but I do wonder whether there's an aspect of you have him being brought into play by Kiefer Moore, if you have him playing off the left, as you have done at Wimbledon, they had um, Omar Bougil playing through the middle as the big target man. Does that help him adapt to life in the championship, potentially? Um, so that's where I think it kind of works overall. I think you're going to see some changes to how town approach going forward, but maybe also, is that what they needed regardless? Is that just something to kind of freshen things up a little bit, that even if George Hurst was fit and ready to take on the second half of the season town have got to change the way that they attack because eventually teams are going to figure you out i'm not saying that's happened necessarily but it is going to force them into doing something a little bit different and 
whether the championship is prepared for that or not, we'll have to wait and see. I think um, I think back to this time last year, after the 0-0 draw at Bristol Rovers on Valentine's Day, and we were talking about have teams figured Ipswich out, the patterns of play, the cutbacks into the box, as good as that is, is it a bit predictable? Do they need to mix it up a little bit more? And I think they did after that game. I definitely think they started to go a little bit more direct and mix things up. And maybe we've naturally reached that point in this season and, and keep them more kind of forcing them to to try some different things. Might not be a bad thing as well. It certainly adds a different string to their bow. They can. I'm not convinced we'll see an awful lot of more and Al Hamadi on the pitch at the same time, to be honest. Um but they give different options now. And that was the problem with the sort of the dearth of striker options was that, you know, there was only one one way to go with what mm-hmm. they had. So um, some some different ways to attack people. And, and as we know, it's not all, all about who starts in games as well. It might be that Kiefer Moore does a job of kind of... Um, Battering people for the first seventy minutes, and then you can you can change things up and, and have the finishers come on and, and take advantage as well. So, um, yeah, having something slightly different might might be a good thing. He'll be quite the tenderizer, won't he? At that, at that size, um, Rossi should just say actually it's just gone eleven o'clock, AJ. So I don't know if you can confirm that the window has now slammed. We've had shut. the big yellow graphic splash up onto the screen on my TV, so I can confirm the window has now shut. There we go. I Aaron can also Dryden. confirm that NS Unal has officially moved from Getafe to Bournemouth on loan. I've just seen that one there flash up. This is the most important news of my day, hearing that. I've been waiting for that for hours. I'd say Dryden still. Uh, Rossi, I was, in terms of obviously the day itself, we knew that Kiefer Moore was a target. Mark Ashton said he was the top target. And we know also there were other people in for him, Sunderland, Cardiff. I was thinking, Ashton clearly a great salesman, right? So the sale, the sale is, we're second in the championship. You're going to play pretty much every game you're going to start, I'd imagine. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, we've got this kid called Leif Davis who will actually absolutely just whack it on your head from every free kick and corner. Um, he's going to make things easy for you. That must have been an easy sell. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Um, Leaf no, Davis, Leaf, he? Yeah. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of Welshmen, a lot of Welshmen in this club as well. Wes Burns, Nathan Broadhead, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, Sunderland's a long way to go, isn't it? He's he's always mainly been down about down south in the Kiefer Moore, so he's probably gone. Do I really want to go north? I know I've been to Norway, but do I want to go up north? Um, but yeah, Mark, I'm sure Mark Ashton. Made sure just got the cooking oil out. That's a little gif of obviously of the issues town uh, Twitter feed and all that. Um, but yeah, he's got his man. I'm sure McKenna obviously he, he liked you know Gallagher obviously, but when you see that opportunity to get Keith Moore in, wow, he's got him. I've seen people saying as well, Rossi. I don't know what you think about this. A lot of fans saying this might be the difference between us going up top two and not. Yeah, of course. The you look back at 2015, that transfer window, and um, obviously we got Freddie Sears as one striker, but um, there's always that question about, oh, if we signed maybe one or two other players, we could have got over a line. Mm. And um, well, Keith Moore, he has been promoted from this division, hasn't he, or not? Has he been yeah, he has. I think he scored yeah. the goal that ultimately got them over the line, didn't he, for Bournemouth? Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, they're oh, they're yeah runners up, weren't they? Uh, so, so yeah. Obviously, he's got that experience and hopefully he'll score us the goals. You know, the thing is, when George Hurst comes back, we're going to have George Hurst and Kiefer Moore 
which you know what what a you know good sort of front man backup front man as well so it's um yeah happy days in all, all, all front i think a lot of town fans are i don't think there'd be that many town fans out there going really key for more we can't got key for more but everyone's pretty happy i haven't seen any negativity i mean i have seen people say i can't believe you know basically what we've already said about Kiefer Moore coming back and the, the clamour for him. I can't believe we're actually doing this now kind of thing after after his previous vote at the club. But I think most people universally seem pretty chuffed with him. I, you know, looking at the guy's pedigree and what he's done in the game since he's been at town, it's hard not to be pretty impressed, I, I think, particularly given he was in demand as well. Um, Stewie, should we just dot the I's and cross the T's on other, other stuff that's happened today? Kiefer Moore, clearly the, the main headline news. We've talked about Ngancam who uh, has signed for for mine is it mines mains mines german mines. clubs mines, mines if you want to mines. be german yeah mines mines so he he signed for for mines uh sam gallagher as well obviously he was one of the guys being linked this morning um just want to wrap wrap things up with him essentially clearly not happening but um blackburn didn't want to sell in the end thought he was going to ask me to wrap then for a minute um i know it's I'll late save that the end of the show. <laughs> um <laughs> The Mainz thing was a reference to the Seagulls from Finding Nemo, just, just to make you aware. Um, okay. Sam Gallagher, yeah, obviously someone that Ipswich have had some bids for throughout the transfer window. I think that got up as high as £2 million. I think Ipswich would have pushed a little bit further and, and reached Blackburn's asking price on him because Kieran McKenna likes him and felt that he could have you know, replicated a lot of the George Hurst qualities in terms of his height, mobility, press, etc. Um, but in the end, Blackburn had a change of heart. Um, and I think a lot of that is to do with their league form having really plummeted down the table in recent weeks that they just decided they, they couldn't take a risk. Um, could have looked a bit silly if you let Travis and Sam Gallagher go to Ipswich. Um, they were needing to get people in themselves and that was dragging on as well. And then ultimately there wasn't the financial need to do it as well after Adam Walton went to Crystal Palace, I think, for £18 million in, in the end today. So, um, yeah, I think it's been pretty clear for the last few days that the, the Gallagher thing wasn't happening. Um, had it done, might might all roads not have led to key for more? Probably not. They wouldn't have been able to do both, I wouldn't have imagined, mm. um, and Al Hamadi as well. So, uh, obviously... I do believe Mark Ashton when he says that Kiefer Moore's been the number one target and, you know, Kiefer Moore himself has referenced in the interview that conversations have been going on for quite some time, but they knew that that one was always likely to go down to the wire and it was prudent really to have lots of other plates spinning throughout the window. Um, so, yeah, who knows if they'd have, you know, they might not have risked leaving it so late and, and gone on Gallagher if that had presented the opportunity to itself. But, um I think ultimately maybe it might might be a good thing that they've ended up sort of not getting Gallagher and, and being able to get more. Mm. And just sticking with you, Stu, in terms of other storylines going into today, other narratives, potential for someone to come in at fullback um, that kind of hinged on whether or not Brandon Williams stayed at, at Man United. Uh, obviously, he's been back there for medical assessment, had problems with injury and illness, never really kind of um, got going after that really, really good start of the club. Um, he's coming back, though. So he's going to be back in the fold. It sounds like they're pretty confident he's going to come back and be and be ready to go fitness wise. Yeah, well, he's been he's been passed fit to return by Manchester United. How how ready he is to kind of go again? Um, mm. We shall see. Um, he was in such good form. I think it's easy to forget how good he was looking around that autumn time, October time. Um, it was Preston, wasn't it, at home when he scored that 
that sensational solo goal. Um, and then, yeah, three starts from the start of October onwards when he did get off of his, his former self. Um, sometimes we were told it was illness. Sometimes we were told it was a knock from the previous game. Kira, we asked, we've asked Kieran McKenna what those injuries were. He just said sort of soft tissue damage from from collisions on the pitch, which is his mm. style of play. Um, and an illness that clearly they've not been able to get to the bottom of that keeps reoccurring. But um, yeah, it's gone away to Manchester United. In the meantime, Ipswich had to kind of look at maybe some some backup depth options at, at left back if Leif Davis um, was to be unavailable for any period of time as he was around Christmas with, with a calf problem. They were looking pretty thin there. Obviously, Marvin Johnson was something that was explored with Sheffield Wednesday, but the two clubs were always well apart on valuation for him. And uh, yeah, thankfully, Brandon Williams is back. And if, big if, he's, uh, you know, mentally, physically in, in the right place and they can get him back to where he was, that is the, um, like, a, like a new signing, uh, proverbial like a new signing for Ipswich Town because he can play both both the fullback positions. Um, Harry Clark's obviously managing the Achilles issues as well. So that's potentially quite a big boost for Ipswich. Mm. And just again, just to dot the I's and cross the T's, AJ, that means that Cameron Humphrey stayed in the building, but Elkin Baggett left. We talked about um, them potentially going out on loan. Elkin Baggett's gone to the Bristol Rovers in League One. What do you make of, of those two things? Cameron Humphrey's clearly, we've talked about for, it seems like the last five transfer windows, potentially going out on loan. Elkin Baggett has been out on loan a fair bit already and he's going out on loan again. Your, your thoughts on those? Take Humphreys on first. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's um, a tricky one with him because I think he needs a loan, to be perfectly honest, but it needs to be the right one and they're so adamant it has to be the right one because the club looks so highly at him in, in terms of his potential, in terms of what he can bring, in terms of being a local lad who has a very high ceiling. And it, I think it's fairly clear that he is at the stage of his career where he needs to now go and play regular football, probably in League One, you'd say. Um, but it is so much about finding the right club because if he's going to get those minutes, it has to be with the right style, it has to be with the right manager, it has to be with the right environment that's going to help him progress. And there are clubs that will probably spring to mind, but that then materialising into a deal is a totally different thing. So with that in mind, it makes sense, assuming that the options weren't there for him to go or the right options weren't there for him to go, it makes sense for him to stay in the building and learn from the manager and the, the coaches that town have um, just so they know what his progression is going to be like and they don't have to constantly be worrying and updating um, with, with how things are going on in League One. That probably makes sense, especially also halfway through the window. If you want him to go play, you probably want to go for, for the whole campaign, you'd say. Then with Bagger as someone who's had multiple loans before, this is his fourth, top of my mm. head, Kings Lynn, Gillingham, Cheltenham and now Bristol Rovers. Um, interesting that three of those are all roughly around the same area. But um, I think it's a really good move. It's working under a manager and Matt Taylor, who I think has a lot of similarities with Kieran McKenna. They're trying to play. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a dead same kind of style of football, but you can tell that there are similarities with how they're trying to play. Um, he is that kind of young coach mould, Matt Taylor. Um, and Bristol Rovers are a team that, although we'll probably miss out in the playoffs, are still 
challenging there or thereabouts. So they're going to be a competitive team. And if he can get those minutes, it's going to benefit him. And then the club can reassess what the situation with him is in the summer. But that definitely feels like a, a really good move and one that also really needed to happen. Hmm. All right, then, Rossi, let's move towards reflections on the window as a whole. So last January, absolutely inspired window. The four players they signed played huge parts in getting town up one of the best transfer windows town have ever had probably look at this window given the kind of dearth of availability and, and the things they went in needing you look at it they've, they've signed two players who've played at a world cup another international player who's absolutely torn league two a new one um and he's coming up into the championship full of confidence and they've also signed a club captain from the championship in in Lewis Travis. So when you're looking at that now, how, how do you, refer, clearly the fullness of time will judge the window, but sitting here now with the window only just closed, how, how do you, how do you reflect on, on those four signings? Solid, to be honest. I think that's the word. I think that's a solid window, you know, snap from last year, you know, four in and um, we did the same this window, but yeah, solid. Yeah. Definitely think we've signed, as you mentioned, two players have played at the World Cup, skipper from a championship rival mm. and, Signing, you know, a player who's scoring goals for fun in League Two. Obviously, that's a big step up. But I think he's more of a sign as a prospect, than he, you know, the word, you know, he's 21, he's someone mm. for the future. And obviously, you know, he'll still feature this season, but someone, you know, who hopefully will um will be able to step up to to, to at some point. Um, but I, I think it's solid. Um obviously we wanted strikers. We've got two strikers. I think we wanted to maybe replace someone like Dane Scarlett. I think we maybe wanted someone and maybe Semianto is very different to Dane Scarlett, but we wanted to bring in maybe another young, you know, youngster who who's been exciting. Um, I love Semianto, good old Jezza. and uh, Travis is just that extra um, bit of experience. Obviously, this squad there is championship experience, but I think Travis just brings it extras only in terms of the appearances he's made in, in the championship with Blackburn. So, I think the word I'm going to use is solid. Not as good as last January, but that was us signing players to get us. To the championship now, we're going to get players to hopefully take us to the promised land, but um, we shall see how, how that goes. But a solid transfer window. Any advance on that, Stu? Yeah, it'd be interesting to revisit kind of what we and everyone were saying about that January transfer window at the time last year, because in hindsight, best January transfer window probably in Ipswich Town's history. Um, but Massimo Luongo, I think, was was quite underwhelming to people at the time. He'd just been released by Middlesbrough and had a bit of a trial period first. And George Hurst, people were looking at his his goal record and feeling a bit sort of underwhelmed by that. Um, Nathan Broadhead, people, oh, he's got a bit of an injury record. Is there a concern there? So, um, yeah, we'll see over the fullness of time, won't we? But certainly... Now we know how Ipswich operate. There'll have been a lot of thought gone into this, a lot of planning. Hmm. Kieran McKenna is very big on people having their super strength, and Sarmiento is someone. Right, we haven't got enough of a. We haven't got someone who can dribble and beat people one v one, and that's suitable for certain game states. Let's go and get one of those. We haven't had one of those since Kyle Edwards. Not really scoring enough goals from set pieces for my liking this season. Maybe haven't got as much sort of physicality and aerial presence, right? They've, you know, clearly a bit of height and physicality was top of the shopping list when you look at Kiefer Moore and the other strikers that they went for. It's all very well thought out, the type of players that they've they've gone out and signed. So um yeah, I think we're all, we're in a position now where we just fully trust in in everything mm. that 
you know this club is doing from from the CEO to the manager and and everyone involved. Mm. AJ, your first January transfer window with Town. Mm. How will you reflect on it? Do you think? I think it's interesting to see how much of an impact the Kiefer Moore signing had on the public opinion. Because mm. you look, you go into today, and the situation was, and Gankam went very early, was kind of an off. We knew that from about six o'clock in the morning, something like that. Um, Sam Gallagher, the Stu reported, you know, it was off fairly early. They were not going to do any negotiations there. And then it was kind of thinking about this last night. I was like, well, if you don't get Kiefer Moore, what do you do? Um, and I was reading things saying, well, he's travelled to London, he's going to be heading there, he'll be in the Bournemouth squad for the West Ham game, and, you know, people have seen this on Twitter, and the reaction at the time, and, you know, the emotion's always quite raw when you see things like that, you jump into conclusions, you're panicking, there's a lot of, oh, the transfer window's ruined now, we've gone in, we needed one thing, we didn't get it, and it's just terrible, you know, we've signed these players, but we haven't got the one thing that we really needed, and just that one signing has changed everything. Mm. Um so interesting to see how it's done that. Puts a lot of pressure on Kiefer Moore, doesn't it? Um, but overall, when you look at the four, I think that they're all really good pieces of business and they all fill a need within the squad. Um, you know, we talked about Sarmiento, but potentially having that backup for Sam Morsey and Lewis Travis, having someone who can do that at a high level, who's done that at a high level in the championship for a while. Um, and also, I, I feel a little bit bad kind of really hyping up Ali Alhamadi because... It's so, such a big jump for him, but he's the one I'm really excited about, to be honest, just because I've loved so much of what he's done in League Two. And look, whether he plays a big part or not, I actually think he will have quite a big part to play in this team um, because the things he's been doing in the fourth tier for quite a while, have, I mean, there's a reason why there were so many interested parties in him. So he's the one that stands out to me the most. He was probably the hottest property, one of the hottest properties in England going into the window especially well definitely within the EFL so don't want to build him up too much because it's a lot of pressure on him but he, he excites me a lot you're right about the key for more thing changing the, mm. the public mood completely if that hadn't happened and I think there was some some nerves that that wasn't done right up until the the very last knockings there was talk about Cardiff still sort of sniffing around on the scene late on and it would have only taken that medical to be failed from uh, the Turkish striker at Bournemouth and, and the plug to get pulled. And we're having a very different conversation sat here now. But, um, you know, it, perhaps it's, we talked about the finances involved in Kiefer Moore. Maybe they've just pushed right to the end of what, what they're able to do. There's been a lot of talk about financial fair play going into this window, both from Ipswich and and the wider football world. I think everyone is is very mindful of what's happening in the Premier League with Everton getting deducted points and the charges and investigations hanging over City, Chelsea, Forest, etc. Um, so maybe Ipswich have pushed them pushed themselves to the limit here and that might have a knock-on effect in terms of what they can do next summer. But at least they'll be left with no regrets. Kiefer Moore may or may not make the difference between going up this season and not, but at least they'll be able to look back with no regrets, unlike you know 2014-15. Hmm. Doesn't that just speak as well, though, to where the club is? Now, in terms of the, they went into, well, we'll never know if the eggs were all in the, the key for more basket, but it felt like they had to get him. There was other teams chasing him, a lot of interest in him, and they got him. And that, you know, that's, again, that's not, that's not necessarily a feeling we associate with Ipswich Town. They go out and get their man, the guy they wanted, and he's in the door. You know, again, a reflection was 
to where this club is now and, and the team behind the scenes and, and what they're making happen here. Um, right then, that's transfer deadline day. Rossi, off to Preston. Excited? Yeah, because um, we, we've already been here this season, uh, Duke Dale, uh, in pre-season. Yeah. Um, so, second trip to, to Duke Dale um, this season. Uh, obviously, different scenarios. Um, but, yeah, bring it on. Now, clearly, I've, I've been thought about this game, boys. I'll be fully honest, and I'm not sure that uh, how much the rest of you have. I, I bet AJ's been thinking about it, I reckon. Um, but uh, have you got any thoughts, AJ? Trip, trip to Preston, yeah. like mid-table, 12th, obviously, early pace set has fallen away since. Interesting, big game for town in terms of um, needing to, to build some momentum. Um, and yeah. I, I saw, actually, Preston beat Leeds, didn't they, at home not too long ago? Boxing Day, I believe. Mm. Um, so they can beat sides that are where town are. Yeah, um, I have been thinking about this game because you got me to write the preview earlier today. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's been a busy one thinking I was halfway through that and then I got a phone call saying, oh, can you actually do the key for more profile? Then doing that and then going back to the yeah, preview. You've got to be adaptable, mate. It's yeah, I know. Bit, uh, I feel like uh, Don Ball, versatile, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, so I have been doing quite a bit of uh, looking into Preston and yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of negativity coming out from that club. Mm. Um, there's a few in the championship, aren't there, at the moment, where they're just performing so far under the expectations. And it's weird for Preston where you're thinking 12th is probably a fairly nice place for them to be. But the reason that they're 12th is because they overperformed expectations and they were just performing over getting better performances than so better results than the performances suggested in the first few games. Mm. Um, they were unbeaten until the end of September. They won six on the bounce. And they got absolutely talked by West Brom and everything kind of just fell apart from there. And if you look at their form since then, it's been probably a little bit better than relegation form. So that's the concern there. Their January transfer business, as far as I can tell, has been next to nothing unless anything's happened in the last few hours. So that hasn't really helped too much either. Um, it just feels that it's a club that's kind of just treading water a little bit and has missed a bit of an opportunity after such a good start. Um, they have their threats still. We saw that against Leeds. Liam Miller is a Miller, Millar, it's with an A, it's a weird, I don't know how you'd say that, but yeah, Liam Miller is the one who stands out to me on the left on loan from Basel. I don't know if any of you saw his goal against Leeds where he cut inside and looped it over the goalkeeper from outside the area, but he's the standout, so they have those kind of players. Um, but they're definitely one of these kind of teams, a bit like Blackburn, who are just kind of trending water and in a little bit of a rut and it just feels like the season's panned out not how they would have wanted totally fizzled out hmm. um stewie how about you you've got you've had a uh, god knows how many hours you're gonna end up working today busy day tomorrow as well because it's press conference day tomorrow they moved that from today because i'm sure they didn't want kieran mckenna fielding questions about all sorts of names under the sun and is this happening is it not that kind of stuff so pressers will be tomorrow now and then obviously you're starting early to travel to Preston on Saturday. Um, tomorrow, I, I guess we'll find out from Kieran as to the state of play in terms of Kiefer Moore and Al and whether or not they may be involved and whether or not Kiefer Moore starts. Is that is that something, if Kiefer Moore, say, is fit and ready to go, do you start him on Saturday? Um, good question. He's, he's only had substitute appearances in the league this season hasn't he but I think he's featured in the cups he scored in the mm. FA Cup fairly recently for them um, would you be tempted just to chuck him in 
I bloody would. <laughs> I, I think you. I think you probably would. Um, yeah. I think you would thinking about it. I know there's already sort of talk on Twitter. It'll be Caden Jackson up front. They've signed two, two strikers, and I wouldn't rule that out if they, you know, Kieran McKenna being the methodical, non-emotional led man he is. If he if he thinks that that's the best thing to do, then he'll do that. But I, I think Preston away is probably a key for more type of game. I've seen a few messages from Leeds fans saying. Good luck with Preston. That's uh, they'll they'll try and kick you all over the park. Um, they got that win against Leeds, didn't they? Just off the back of Ipswich beating them, and then um, Leeds needed a, a late, very late goal to beat Preston um, mm. in the reverse fixture fairly recently. So, yes, their form's not great, but they've shown that they can disrupt better teams in in the division. Um, maybe the key for more battering ram needs to be deployed from the off. I like it. I'm not going to ask you boys for a prediction because I don't feel like I'm in any way informed, uh, armed with enough information about Preston to make a make a prediction. Um, so we'll, we'll put some predictions out as normal, obviously, clearly for the prediction game through social media. Um, but just by way of finishing this this podcast, boys, I thought I'd, we'd have a little little. It's not a game, really. It's just a, a visual thing, and I wanted to ask you. You've got pen and paper to hand. We're just about wrapping up the transfer window for another few months until the summer. I'm going to ask you, friends, they've made four signings. Who's the best signing they've made? You could write that down and we can have a little chat about what we think. Ross writing on an envelope, as is his want. You ready? Yeah. Go on then. Let's, let's put them up. Three, two, one. Kiefer Moore, Kiefer Moore. Everyone is saying Kiefer Moore. That's disappointing. All right, then. Rank them. So you've got Kiefer Moore top. So two, three, four. Fill that in, boys. I'm surprised AJ didn't have Al Hamadi top. I know, I know. Because you bloody love Al Hamadi, don't you? Let's be honest. Right. If we've all got the same again, this is going to be disappointing. <laughs> Series up early. Oh, oh God, we have as well. Oh no, you got our Hamadi second, Ross. Is that just because you, you're full of joy that you can say his name properly now? So just just for the other people who aren't watching, I just should just say myself, Stu, and AJ have got obviously more top. Sarmiento second, Ali El Hamadi third, and Lewis Chappis fourth. Rossi has just reversed Sarmiento and Ali Alhamadi. So you've got Alhamadi second, Rossi. Why do you think he's a he's a better signer than your boy Jezza? Uh Jezza and Travis are loanies. Al Mohammadi okay. is um he's a permanent signing, a prospect, and um yeah, he's a permanent signing as well. So although Moore's a loan sign actually, scrap that. <laughs> <laughs> the logic um, went right out the window there. Yeah, I bet a lot of people were shouting at me at that stage. Um, but no, I just think, yeah, more, we, we wanted two strikers, didn't we? And we got two strikers, and they're two strikers, and they're two different strikers. Um, and Jezza and Travis, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Travis, we could sign permanently, maybe, potentially, but um, that's my order. But I've just buggered it, I, and I've just realised. <laughs> I nearly did exactly the same as you, Ross, for the for the exact same logic. I nearly bumped Al Hamadi up one for being a for being someone that 
could do more for the club in, in the long run, both in terms of on the pitch and, and maybe turning them a profit. Alex, you don't love him that much, do you? You've stuck him third. Right, okay. I'm having to defend myself already. Yeah, I've stuck him third just because I think in, the, in terms of the impact this season, I think they're fairly level. I think that Alhamdi can have a big impact this season, but we've seen it with Sarmiento already, so it's a safer bet. We've seen him do it. We've seen his performances. Um, same with you, though. I think that Alhamdi, in terms of the long term, in terms of what he could bring the club, in terms of his ceiling... That's the exciting thing. We've seen players step up from League Two and do it before. I mean, Holly Watkins did it, didn't he? He got a move for a similar fee to a championship club, took that championship club up. I think he was involved in that and then ended up getting his move to Villa. Now he's playing, well, he'd be playing Champions League football, you'd imagine, and he plays for England. So it shows what you can do. That's that's the exciting bit for me. Right then, boys. Final question of this pod before we all take our leave and go and have a lie down. The deadline is done. Tad have made four signings. I want you to rate this window out of 10. And I don't want any half measures. I don't want 6.5 or 6.75. Watson, I'm looking at you. I want full numbers out of 10. And I want it now. <clears throat> We've got number. Rossi's taking his time. Can, can I do it with my hands? Uh, no, 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 no. Have you got, ran got, out of envelope? No, I've got another envelope. I've got EDF one here. EDF envelope. Um, so, let's do... You care about the environment so much, Rossi. I love your, love your yeah. approach to recycling. <laughs> okay. yeah. You and Greta Thunberg. Peas in a pod. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a bit harsh, actually. Let's go. So I was changing it last minute, lastminute.com, which, do you know what? Mark Ashton said wouldn't be a last minute.com, but anyway. It kind of was, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> right, Stu, have you got a number? You look like you're, you look like you're thinking hard. Oh, Done. I keep number, changing right. my I'll Whack it all up then, friends. I reckon we might differ here. All right. Woof. Holy cow. All right. Wow. So AJ and Stu have both gone nine, and I thought I, being the eternal optimist and over-the-top hype man of the group was probably going to be high with eight. And Ross, you've scribbled out seven and gone with eight. Right, come on then, Stewie. You've gone with nine, mate. Toyed with an eight, eventually upgraded it to a nine because that is based purely on the difficult circumstances in which this window is played out. Look at what's happened today across the championship in terms of incomings. Very, very little. Mm. Been the driest... January in terms of business for a long time. Um, Ipswich were under serious pressure to get those strikers through the door and um, they've delivered. I think they've, um, and also the fact that they got the two bit, two signings done very early as well, I think is a, is a big thing that they've managed to integrate Travis and Sarmiento. Uh, it feels like they've been here for ages now, but they only they only arrived at the start of this month in, in what the the third and the fifth of, of January as well. So that has to be taken into account. Um, yeah, that's why I went with a nine. Anything for you to add, AJ? You famously don't like writing big numbers out of ten. You like a five and a six. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do. Unless there's a window like this, and I think that. Well, it's weird because I didn't experience the last window. Would I have given the last January window a 10? I don't know, maybe. But they've ticked every single box that they needed to fill. They've got cover for areas that they needed. They've added in certain characteristics, like Sarmiento. They've signed, I 
I'd say the hottest property in the football league going into January. And then they've gone and got their big striker that they needed. And that was what capped it off. That's what turned it from a kind of fairly ordinary window into pretty much, well, yeah, what would you change? What would you go and do differently? Bringing in someone with that kind of pedigree right at the end as well. Um, yeah, the only thing I'd probably, the only reason it wouldn't be a 10 is the fact that um, it's ended up going so late. If you had Kiefer Moore a week earlier, Adam nice and fresh going into Preston, that'd be the only fault I have. So it's so hard to criticise and adding the circumstances into that just shows how good the job has been. You're not in any way financially involved with Ali Alhamdi, are you? Because that's twice now you refer to him as the hottest property in the EFL. Um, I'm not, but I stand by it. I, him and Ronnie Edwards at Peterborough, God, that made me sick to say, are the two biggest ones. And he he was he was the standout going into the window for me. Okay, Rossi, you had seven. Now, I would say in this group, like me, you trend more towards the optimistic, kind of um, slightly over-the-top uh, end of the spectrum. So you, you went quite low and then replaced it with eight. What, what was that? Uh, it was, it, as I said, it's a solid window. Um, mm. so I, and I thought seven was a bit harsh. Um, I think solid is just eight. That's what that's solid, didn't it? Eight, just eight, you know, solid. Um, <laughs> what is it? But uh, solid. Yeah. It's only, very, it's very... only two off perfect, I'd say. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe solid's a six, maybe. Yeah. Solid or a solid six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a yeah, solid window, as I said. Um, but it's just maybe, I know once again, as Stu said, you know, it's been a tricky window to bring a striker in, but there was that moment where you think, are we actually going to get this striker in? I think there was a few people panicking. Mm. Um, I had so many different messages from people saying, Ross, are we going to sign a striker? Like, are we really going to have Caden Jackson, the only somewhat senior striker left at the club? Well, no, surely not. Mark Ashton and co, they'll get it sorted. And they have done. So that's why it's solid eight. Excellent. Uh, just before we go, friends, just a little peek behind the curtain, peek behind the scenes. KOA group chat today. Um, has been lively as you can imagine um, it's featured Ross sending pictures of him eating an egg and ham sandwich and also sending a picture of his his salmon tea Stewie was largely ghosting on the chat I'm assuming that's because he was constantly working the phones and the other thing I want to mention of course AJ you mentioned there your hatred for the posh given as you're a Cambridge boy Cambridge have signed a, a guy with a, uh, you would say a fan favourite not yeah. too long ago at, at town yeah Macaulay Bond not someone that I've seen too much of over the years, but he excites me mainly, A, because of his days at Leighton Orient, where he was just ridiculous, and B, that one season at Ipswich where he scored lots of goals. And then it all just went a bit wrong and it hasn't really recovered since then, which is probably why he's ended up at Cambridge under Neil Harris. But um, look, there's potential to fulfil there and a big gaping striker hole with no gas and Adney. So fingers crossed he can fill that one. I'm quite excited by it. Superb. Right then, friends, it's just gone half 11. We've been doing this for just about an hour, so I, I suggest we wrap up and retreat to our caves for the evening and, uh, and get ready to go again tomorrow. Uh, any other business? Stewie, anything to mention? No, you said earlier we should all go for a lie down. We we do quite liberally use that phrase when everyone's, someone's not on the pod. We always talk about them going yeah. for a little lie down. <laughs> I think this for the first time is actually true we should all go for for a lie down in our respective beds go for a nice little lie down aj anything else to mention it's quite funny because i'm currently sitting on my bed just so i didn't have to go sit upstairs in the, the living room to record this i also feel like stew looks and sounds like he's not slept in about a week and a half this, this is this is what it must be like when you're just like 
constantly zoned in on everything, every single update all the time. I had this a bit at Millwall, but I feel like when clubs actually do things on deadline day, because Millwall didn't, yeah, with, with town today, must have been quite hectic. I feel like Stu especially needs to lie down. Uh, can I just say I've really enjoyed late night radio DJ Watson voice, the hushed tones of Watson. <laughs> Very much enjoyed it. I feel like you're going to introduce a smooth groove next, Watson. A little bit of uh, yeah. Luther Vandross or something like that. <laughs> For all you lovers out there. Yeah. Sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy <laughs> the sounds of Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Chorley FM coming in your ears. Uh, Rossi, any, oh, anything else to mention? Ali Al had me. A suitably shambolic oh. end. Excellent. Friends, <laughs> just a reminder to use the code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all the excellent products there. Please also leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can, because it helps lift our visibility in the charts. Ross is in bits because he's completely ruined uh, what he wanted to be, his, his prestige at the end of the show. Uh, and also, friends, make sure you follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Press conferences tomorrow. Preston away on Saturday. The fun never stops. Thanks for joining us, friends. I hope you enjoyed the show. Kiefer Moore is an Ipswich Town player. But remember, friends, the big news. Aaron Drynan has signed for Swindon. Have a great rest of your evening, a great Friday, and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you.